Hello, everybody. Welcome back again to the Planet Film Network. I am one of your hosts, Sean Monk. And I'm your host, TJ Cornwell. And tonight, uh, we'll be talking about a few things. Uh, we're going to talk about, talk about Barry so far. Did you, did you watch Barry? I did. All right. We're going to talk about Barry. We're going to talk about Guardians 3, of course, as the uh, title says. Mm-hmm. Uh, not much really news, I don't think, to talk about. Uh, maybe you, if you want to, are you caught up on Ted Lasso as well? It's always so hard for us to remember. What was the right. last episode? The last, the last episode was uh, the the pictures getting leaked in, or the video or yeah, whatever it was. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just want your that. thoughts on it because I've seen some discourse and I, mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I, I'm, I might be in the minority. And um, uh, I will, I'll, I'll pop into with my thoughts on this week's succession. I unfortunately did not have a chance to get my weekly uh, review up. So I'll mm. pop that in as well. But uh, yeah, what uh, else uh, do you want to do? Yeah, I don't really watch. I've honestly not watched anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm just gonna pause real quick to listen to myself and see if I sound like complete like crazy. Sounds fine, on my end at least. Sounds okay. Um, okay, we're gonna keep going with that. So I just want to talk about Jedi Survivor real quick. Uh, I was just gonna say, <laughs> I've I still haven't finished it. I am like halfway through at this point. Told you, you know, the story took a turn. And I was like, whoa, I didn't Big see turn. that one coming. I mean, I saw the, like, light spoiler. I saw the the betrayal coming, but I didn't expect the 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 force user. I did if not you see wanna, that one coming. I feel like <laughs> we're almost two weeks at this point. Thumbnails on, on what I consider reputable YouTube channels, Star Wars Explained is posting mm. a certain like spoiler stuff. Yeah, a yeah. certain DV uh, in thumbnails as is force center so i i i feel like those are my barometers for spoilers so if you want to just dive in what'd you think and by the way the boss battle that i've been telling you about that took me ages oh yeah, yeah, yeah. was darth vader <laughs> now oh, that you yeah. actually oh, know i died so i died once uh oh, i haven't i haven't gone back to you. beat him yet oh I okay i see you died that's literally uh, so. what i told you you were like, yeah. after the twist you were like all right i think i'm gonna call it here and i was like right. i think you're gonna go a little further and then yeah. stop during the boss battle. It's yeah. gonna. I, I lost once, and yeah. I was like, I was like, we're still going. I was like, that's this is the third phase. I know. Uh, no, yeah. So I I got to the third phase, and then, and uh, just for uh, you got Brandon in the chat. I, I I lowered the difficulty. I was oh, at yeah. uh, what's the what's the like you the were at one? night Jedi but night. You, and then you said I you lowered went to it Padawan. to Padawan. <laughs> I was getting my ass kicked. And again, I don't know if it's just me, if I'm just bad, but like this game like kicks your ass. Hey, like, I like I, I can't imagine you're on right. Grandmaster or anything. I would I I would be so Dude, frustrated. I am playing it on Grandmaster again, like right now for the mm-hmm. new game plus. So for new game plus well, first of all, just to go off of your thing, knocking it down to Padawan. And, and you, me, I mean, now that you're kind of further along in the game, like, we right. were talking more about the difficulty and everything. And, like, you and I agreed, like, it is difficult. Uh, every I'm watching Star Wars Explained, I'll literally be playing it and just watching his stream because he streams it, like, like, four hours at a mm-hmm. time. So I just watch that through. He He's saying it is crazy. Like, he, he literally made merch. I think he made merch, or at least a, a huge part of, like, a meme on their channel was how long the Terran Malicus fight took him in the first game. And mm-hmm. he just spent, uh, you know, Ravis, the the Gendai, uh, he just spent literally f- uh, three and a half hours fighting him on Grandmaster. Yeah. Three and a half 
hours just fighting nope. that one guy. Nope. Yeah, like, I, I couldn't even imagine. And then the Padawan thing, they literally made it for you, for me, because they knew that it's a harder game. Because that, that level, it was just Jedi uh, Knight and then Story mm-hmm. Mode in Fallen Order. There was oh, no in-between. So okay. they literally were like, hey, this is... I okay. if I did story mode then for maybe I did for Fallen Order. I don't remember. I maybe, but also I feel like Jedi Knight and Fallen Order was easier. Mm-hmm. I, I just feel like it was easier, but I don't know. But I mean, what are your thoughts? How do you feel about uh, everything? So you said that the twist of of Bode was spoiled, but not the Leading, no the force. It wasn't spoiled. I okay. could tell leading up to it just from their yeah, interactions, the vibes. like yeah. before the point. Yeah. I was like, oh, he, you know, he's like, he's yeah. very standoffish, obviously, and yeah. he's talking about a lot of his kid and all this stuff. So I you know, knew maybe something we was should, maybe we should go check it out, you know, before right. everybody else. Yeah, exactly. Maybe. Yeah, yeah. I saw, it, <laughs> so I saw it coming, but I, I obviously didn't see the whole yeah. force user part of it, which was really cool. Uh, really liked that you got to play as Seer too. I thought that was a really cool. Oh, really dude, cool that was thing. so. Uh, she just like wipes people out in one hit. Is that just me? No, a hundred percent. Mercs them easy. 100%. Uh, which, again, really cool to feel OP. The only thing with this game, and it, it, it unfortunately just affects my view of it because I've been playing with it, is just how it runs. It still does not run well. And you're playing I on PS5? It, I uninstall it. Yeah, I did your uninstall thing and reinstalled wow. it. And it still does not run well. I mean, I, I thought, have had no issues. Not, not to, Sorry, I shouldn't say it doesn't no, you're, run yeah. well. It does not run great. Where... Mm-hmm. It just, I still have, like, these frame things. Uh, like, I think... I forget which fight it was. I think it was, like, the second fight against... Or maybe it was the third Dagan? fight. Yeah, yeah, against Dagon. The cutscene, it was just, like... Like, I was Damn. like, this just ruins it. Like, it ruins the moment for me, yeah. you know? Which really sucks. Uh, there's something... I don't know what it's exactly called, but... It'll be this thing where it's, like... I'll just, like, turn the camera... And it, it like, if I'm looking at a certain way, there's, like, streaks of white showing. Almost like the textures aren't loaded yet. I have seen you that. Have, You're talking you about have, on the very okay. edge? Yeah, 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 yeah. I think, so the best, I have absolutely seen that. I don't okay. think it's a graphics thing. I think it's some weird, it's definitely a glitch, I think. But it mm. always happens, for me at least, around a meditation point. So I'm wondering if oh, it's, okay. like, like some force glow effect on the screen yeah. that just isn't like rendering properly. Mm-hmm. Like that's the best that I could work out. Cause it usually happens around a meditation point And then I'm not like looking, I don't like see it go away. Mm-hmm. I just like, will look and I'll notice that it's gone. But mm-hmm. I have definitely seen that like the little white, like feathering at like the side of the screen for some yeah. reason. So like, those are my only issues I, I have come across. I've, I haven't come across like, any a, a ton of those uh again force kind of tears when we were talking about those last week i came across one other one and it was probably one of the easier ones that i, I happened to see on tiktok or youtube where it was like the 150 battle droids you have to kill and i was doing really well mm-hmm. and then i died at like 120 or something i was like you know what i it's not worth it so is that's that on my, kobo that's, my, that's uh i don't remember where it was oh, okay but that, i think maybe that's my other critique not critique i guess it's just sometimes I feel like I'm seeing, like, you know, like, I'm, I think there's one with, like, two Rancors or the two, like, frog things. Yeah. And it's like, well, here's your skill point. It's like, what? 
that's yeah it. that's yeah all I'm no i get yeah it's a skill point it, to me it's like not worth it yeah personally i, I like, get again that. if you want to challenge yourself then obviously you know it is the one the one that i did like and that i do want to do more of when i find them if i find them is just the is the, the traversing ones those are cool those are ones oh, that I, I don't mind i it's actually more the battles <laughs> i actually have yet to complete any of the traversal ones yeah like the I've only done the one, one i don't know if you've gone i guess this one you would have had to have gone back to coruscant which mm-hmm. oh you, yeah no. I, you don't you literally spo- slight spoiler for you you literally never go back to coruscant in the campaign mm-hmm. but it, it's the planet is playable but it's the one on coruscant the tear which is mm-hmm. that it's like the gateways so the green gateways it's like oh, yeah, you have enough. to ju- you have to jump and then time your fall to then dash through another one and then get your double jump back and then get up and then do like so it is like you're thinking mm. in like the fourth dimensional space and I was just I tried like four times and I just gave up I was like I can't I cannot figure this out for the yeah for the, the only one I've done is on uh, Jetta I think it is mm-hmm. where uh, it's got like the it's like a mo- mo- bunch of moving platforms and it's the red kind of wall thing and every time you jump it switches sides. So you have to oh, like okay. time your jump correctly to like get it on the right side so you miss mm-hmm. it. I did that one. I tried that one about like ten times before I actually like got it. It took me a few minutes to like realize that my jumps were affecting <laughs> affecting the way the thing like oh yeah the way it worked. Because mm-hmm. at first I was like, how am I supposed to do that? Like it's literally just coming at me and I can't go anywhere. And I was like, oh I see. Um, but that was that was cool. But yeah, I'm I'm having a blast with all the force powers. You know, I'm I'm really. I think I'm really starting to get the hang of the combat as well after playing a few days, mm-hmm. uh, which again, like, what are your stances? You, uh, I'm a big, uh, I'm, I'm double bladed and, uh, what's the, the heavy one? Cross guard. Um, cross. That's guard. the right yeah, answer. Yeah. That is the answer. right answer. <clears throat> Man, uh, the cross I feel guard like, feels you know, so like good. Cross guard. You, you deal a lot of damage with it. And I, I just feel more, uh, I have more defense, which I like. With yeah, the double blade. I feel mm-hmm. like. <clears throat> yeah, because you can get, you can literally get an attack off and a block off at the mm. exact same time. I will say, I have been, I have hardcore. My main main has definitely been the cross guard for sure. Like ten hours into the first playthrough, I got the cross guard. Well, obviously you get it earlier than that, but I I used the cross guard, and I never looked back. I mean, it is mm. so great. But then. For a while, I was doing cross bar, cross guard and double blade, but I switched over to cross guard and dual blade because I, like I said, I really like the ability in this game to do the full reset of your skill tree. So, because basically now I'm hovering around on my main save, I'm hovering around like forty eight skill points, I think. So every and I, it's not like I do it all the time. It's I've done it like I think twice, but like every time I do it now. I'll have, I have like 45 or 50 so I can fill two entire stances full mm. like to get the max benefit of, of all of them uh and so I did that again and I maxed out the cross guard and then I decided to go back to the dual wield which going into this game and coming out of fallen order I always lo- I love the dual wield in fallen order more than any any other way to use the lightsaber um mm. and in this one I just really fell in love with the cross guard but I was like I want to challenge myself and make myself do the dual wield so i maxed out this the the things and it was like oh my god the dual wield is insane the top skill on the skill tree for it 
is it turns your lightsaber throw from just the normally the dual wield is you just throw one you just hold mm-hmm. on to one and you just like throw one like that like a frisbee now when you do a lightsaber throw with the dual wield he throws both of them and it bounces between enemies multiple oh, wow. times and yeah. then snaps back <laughs> to your hands and i was like oh my god That's that cool. is like amazing and then it was one of those things where right after i upped the skill mm-hmm. i like jumped down from the meditation point and there was like eight enemies there so i could like you try it out immediately and it, it was just so great but yeah i i feel like the power in this game is so much better like it just feels more uh like i heard somebody say like crunchy like when you hit somebody, when you just get that like perfect hit off, it just feels like it's got that like Star Wars, you know, lightsaber like pow to it. But yeah, really, really awesome. I'm sure we'll we will check in many, many more times about Jedi Survivor in the coming uh, weeks, months, everything like that. Let me see what I've been watching. Other than obviously, we both watched Guardians of the Galaxy this Guardians of the Galaxy this week. Let me see. If I can work letterbox. Oh yeah, okay. So I saw Guardians of the Galaxy on the fourth, and then I came home, went to bed, and then that morning on the fifth, me and my roommate were looking for something to watch, and we were going to watch, uh, Manhunt, uh, American Manhunt, the uh, the Boston Marathon uh, oh, yeah. bombing documentary on Netflix. And I don't know if you watched that documentary or not, but it it opened very uh, graphic, very like, like, because, you know, there was so much footage of of that day right on the scene and everything. It opened very graphic and it actually made me think about, uh, I don't know if you'll remember exactly the one that I'm thinking of without spoilers, but there is a, a sequence where a, you know, there are, there are some bombs going off in kind of a residential area in in guardians 3 uh and it like reminded mm. me of that like instantly oh, yeah. and i was like oof I was, I was like a little i was a little put off and uncomfortable so i was like all right let's not watch the documentary so then we were like all right let's watch a movie about it so obviously the only two choices you know right now is either patriots day or stronger with jake gyllenhaal and tatia Maslany. and mm. i was like okay do you want like the cop side of it or like the the person side of it basically and so we ended up watching stronger with jake gyllenhaal and tatia maslany which i've seen before i've seen both of those movies i really yep, really same. yeah i really prefer stronger uh it's just, i just like it's just more of a character driven character story you know going through this very deep emotional stuff and the acting is phenomenal i i love i am not gonna slouch on peter berg i like patriots day as well uh it's just Mm -hmm. it's it handles the the event in two very different ways uh you know one is like the rah-rah like american like yeah we got him like and then one is like the human fallout of you know what can happen so yeah i just i rewatched stronger that was the only movie besides guardians i watched this week and i thought it was uh really really phenomenal i don't think i'd seen it since 2017 2018 whenever that was that it came out but yeah i mean jake gyllenhaal what fantastic movie uh and it's on like Tubi, uh like it's on like all the free streaming services and netflix i think or and mm. prime or something like that but yeah that's that's really all i've been doing i guess other than that i uh 
I have not continued yet with the White House Plumbers. I, I gotta get back on that. Yeah, other than that, that's pretty much it. I've just been playing a ton of Jedi Survivor. But yeah, let's, uh, you want to talk a, a little bit of Barry? Yeah, let's talk about Barry. I, right. I'm I'm interested to, to get your take. Um, you texted me, so to start well, real off Real quick, with, let me just, I'm just going to start this as a clip real quick. You got it. Maybe. Hold on. Oh, hold on. I got to launch the, the Steam Deck app. Uh, okay. All right. Uh, so, Barry, episode four. Or episode four. Uh, what what episode was it? Five, six? <laughs> I think no, it I was. Think... Oh, five. I think it's five. Five. Okay. Yeah. What 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 are your what are your thoughts on this show? Uh, I think we kind of predicted it net last week uh, on mm-hmm. what maybe we were go where we were going. Yeah. So what'd you think? <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, like I said, you messaged me today. I think I was still at work. Yeah, I think it was still at work. I you were yeah. like what are we doing with Barry? <laughs> you were like, what, what, or what are we doing on Barry? Like, what's what's the deal here? And I yeah. was just like, oh, God, what is that? I, like, a million things went through my head. And full spoilers for Barry. I mean, it's just mid-season right now, so full spoilers for just the middle of the season here. You know, I think, like you said, I think we talked last week about, you know, this past episode ended with this, like, jump forward in time, uh, and then it ended on that. It just mm-hmm. it just ended on that, and uh, not you, but one of my other friends at work was like, "No, no, it can't. They're not really gonna do a time jump like that, like in this show." And I was like, "I don't know, Barry. Usually they will do like things that look like that, but mm-hmm. they won't ever end an episode on that. You know what I mean? Like they won't ever end the episode like that. So I think." it's going to stick. And then like, like you texted me and, and warned me, uh, it's stuck. And then I think you and I mm-hmm. had referred to it maybe as even like that. It was going to better call Saul itself for yeah. like the last couple episodes here. And it looks like we just straight up are, which is, I don't know. I, I definitely, so far I find it very interesting. It's just one of those things that just seems that it has, it has happened, and the show is very firmly saying, yes, this is happening. Mm-hmm. You need to get on board as fast as possible, <laughs> basically. Because I – and I've seen – I still – actually, small, just still life update. I still have yet – I have not reinstalled any of my social media, but I did right before we were getting on here when I was waiting for you to join the Discord. I pulled it up on my computer. I pulled up Twitter, and it was the first time I'd gone on Twitter in almost, uh, you know, yeah, two weeks and immediately, like, I don't know if it was just the algorithm or what, I just saw all this Barry talk, um, and I think that Roka was tweeting about it, too. Roka was, like, his, to, to I mean, I love Roka, but his tweet to me was just insanity. He was just like, the reasons I don't buy the time jump. Sally would never do that to her body and have a kid. And Barry, there's no way that Barry wouldn't kill anybody for eight years. And there's no way that Gene would just be this like recluse or whatever. And I'm Mm. like, that's a lot of assumptions off of, you know, what really we only got like maybe five minutes of actual fact from everybody. Because a lot of this episode was just kind of everyday life in this new life for what is it Emily and Clark. Right. But yeah, I mean, I, I definitely I mean, I literally just watched it. 
uh, about two hours ago. So I'm still very much just trying to adjust to it. But what did you think of of this time jump of eight years? Because that was the other thing was how long of a time jump is this? I mean, do we even know? I mean, it's definitely implied, I guess. But, like, do we even know? Is this just Barry hid them himself? Or did it still go through with the deal with the feds for, like, witness protection? Like, is this, like, a sanctioned new identities? Or is it, like, not a sanctioned new identity? See what I, I mean? So, I interpret it as they are on the run very much. And mm -hmm. they are hidden out wherever they are. Yeah. Uh, just for the, the simple fact that he f f fleed the prison. Yeah. That is and true. they they didn't know where he was. Yeah, I, I, you would have to you would you would be asking a lot of me for for me to believe that he went back and then got the deal and now he's. Is it, I mean, if they got the deal, why is she? Why is she like kind of hiding her hair and everything? You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I, I guess you like you could say like I'm assuming obviously they don't live in California. They live in some you know just you know some desert somewhere. Which again, I don't know how they get that ha like <laughs> that house in the middle no of nowhere, idea. and then there's like these random kids playing baseball in the middle, <laughs> in mm. the middle of nowhere. But you know, if they're in they're if they're in some completely different state or you know country or whatever, I don't know. Why does she feel the need to wear a wig? Yeah, uh, especially if her name's different. So for me, I'm I'm taking it as they're on the run. They got this house, I guess somehow. Uh, they have whole new identities and they have a kid who obviously they have not told anything to. And they both have kind of these new personas as well. Whereas Barry is this kind of, he's playing this historian dad who is very devout to God, I guess, from what I can yeah. tell. Um, Interesting. Which I think, you know, Sally's kind of in on that as well, but she's also, clearly sick of this because you know she's drinking it seems like all the time yeah and he's drinking as well he's just i guess he's doing a better job of hiding it which is mm -hmm. a little i don't know if you don't have subtitles on you might not even be able to hear it but they have, they're arguing about it at one point yeah uh when their son's sleeping mm -hmm. so yeah for me i i take it as you know they're on the run they have these new identities you know they still have like obviously internet access we've seen and stuff like that but they're kind of living their life as these new people. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, I think... <clears throat> I don't know. It's just very... I don't know if I would be on board with mm -hmm. if they all of a sudden were like, you know, like the FBI guy shows up and he's just like, hey, just checking in on things. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know if... Yeah. I think I would be like, oh, okay. But, like, I could give it this show the benefit of the, of, the, benefit of the doubt that like the FBI maybe in this universe just doesn't really give a shit about like the prison. Like, you know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. I feel like, you know, cause they portray everybody as like this kind of, these kind of like bumbling versions of authority mm -hmm. and stuff. But that being said, I mean, we have apparently Gene now eight years later going to Warner brothers studios to uh, speak to the head of Warner brothers to do a Barry biopic, I guess so. I don't know. Is the is the axe uh, of Zaslav going to appear in next week's episode? I don't know. But what do you think about? 
this whole gene thing and just the time jump in general and like where do you think i mean i i think there's a possibility there's another time jump maybe if they make all if you know there's only three episodes left they're doing this yeah. biopic mm -hmm. uh what if they you know what if the way they fill in the gaps is in a biopic and they should they actually make the movie and it's an hour and a half last episode or something ridiculous would you be on board with that, or would you be like, "That's you're you're taking"? I mean, I would definitely maybe <laughs> maybe that for like the second to last episode. Yeah, you know what I mean. So that we still we can have that little diverge, mm -hmm. uh, right. and then and then wrap it up truly, you know, mm -hmm. at the end like that. Uh, but yeah, I think that would be very very interesting if they did that. Um, I mean, because we have to know like what happened with the Chechens and Hank and yeah, know, like where is like. Is yeah, Hank dead? Son? Like, like, is is he dead? Kuzno's son? Did he shoot his son? Like, I mean, he definitely I mean, shot, he shot him. him. So yeah, he shot him, but did he kill him? I mean, I guess is the real question. Well, he's apparently also been missing and presumed dead for eight dead years. For eight years, yeah. So I would assume if he was presumed dead, I would assume maybe his son is dead. Well, I don't I know. His kid doesn't his son have a kid? Yeah, I don't know. I guess he went. Maybe, maybe that's maybe he's an orphan. Maybe that's John. Maybe that's their their son they stolen, or what happened to uh what's his name uh Jim Moss? Yeah, I was asking that. I I said to my roommate, I was like, man, I just hope that Jim Moss is dead. I was like, I really, I really freaking hate that guy. Or Fuchs any other characters. Fuchs, yeah, Fuchs. Yeah, where's Fuchs? Is he still in? Is he like the ruler of the prison now? Right. I don't know. We again, we have three more episodes to find out. Hopefully, yeah. that gets resolved. I pray to God. It does. If it doesn't, I mean, this might be like the ultimate fumbled bag. I guess. <laughs> nah, I don't even want to say that because some of the episodes in this season have been really good so yeah. far. It's just like they did this like really big thing where it's like, yeah, okay, how are we gonna like wrap everything up in these? It took a really episodes. big swing. Yeah. <clears throat> but how did you like the? Uh, did you like the? The, the Barry showing his son people getting killed playing baseball. Yeah, what was that? Like three YouTube videos. I what think was it's that the about? thing of like, from what I from what I gather is what it seems is that he want. I'm, I'm guessing he's homeschooled that kid. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't think we ever see him go to school or anything. Who knows if there is a school around there? Right. I, yeah. You know. Right. It seems like he he wants everybody to remain recluse and inside so not oh, to that's really a have good any point. contact without the outside world because it might draw attention to them yeah so that's why i'm assuming that he's like when his son's like oh i want to play baseball and he's like well no you don't because these kids die when they play baseball mm -hmm. uh, so that's what i gathered again i could be very wrong but that's just what i'm guessing big abraham lincoln fan too well, I guess he was. I he don't know. Was. He kind of, yeah, he <laughs> yeah, kind of put him whole, off the whole idea. Yeah, the whole book. He was like, oh, maybe. Yeah, you know what? With with kind of everything that he was showing him, he was yeah. kind of doing that with. Because even Lincoln, like the kids started getting interested in in Lincoln and like, oh, ba like he is Barry going like, oh, my kid wants to be a lawyer. All right, let me tell him all the bad shit that Lincoln did. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Or even Gandhi. <laughs> Last, sorry, w real quick. Last thing I just thought was very interesting. I don't know if it was maybe it's not intended. I'm just looking too much into it. 
But like when they seem to order everything off of, I don't know what they order everything off of Amazon mm. and, and under a fake, obviously a fake name and this random yeah. address. When the kid's like, did you get my comforter? Cause like, it's really cold in my room. He's like, no, I didn't get your comforter. And then he's like, his son's looking at this book and Barry's like, Oh, my Abraham Lincoln book. It's like, you could get him, a, you could get yourself a book, but you couldn't get your kid a comforter because he's cold. I feel like we have our priorities a little, a little a mixed up here. Yeah, maybe I, I was think... just reading too much into it, but it just seemed like it was like we're kind of neglecting this kid's needs, where he's like, "I'm freezing in my room." And he's like, "But I'm going to get my Abraham Lincoln book." I, <laughs> I think, I think the idea is just that this is the life that Barry has always wanted, and is, and we've seen him really? dream this about, life? and. <laughs> I think the idea mm. is that in reality he's bad at it. Mm. <laughs> like I, you know what I mean? Because yeah. like, how many times have we seen his mind like wander away and see him and Sally at like some church event, you know, mm. dancing with each other or something like that, or or wanting to be? I mean, going back all the way to the first season, they've they've done they've literally done a fake future in this show before, before even this season, I think it was season two or it might've even been the end of season one when there is this like fake out where it's set mm. in, but instead of this type of life, it's like this, like they have like this nice rich house and they have these like two daughters and stuff like that. And so I think this is like kind of the life of like, Oh, I'm going to be a great dad is like the life that Barry always wanted for himself. Uh, and I think the idea is just that he, in reality, he is bad at being a mm. dad. Yeah, anything else you want to touch on with Barry before we uh, move on? I mean, I it's definitely, like we said, taking a very big swing at this point in the show, but uh, I think I'm definitely sticking with it. I don't know. Yeah, I'm definitely going to stick with it. Uh, very interested to see what happens going forward. Hopefully, again, we can wrap this all up. Let us know what you thought about this episode of Barry in the comments below, and uh, check out some of, other, some of our other reviews on the channel. Absolutely. Boom. Uh, all right. Next up, I just wanted to give uh, my quick thoughts on Succession. Okay. Uh, so I'm just going to keep this real quick, and I'm going to clip it out uh, for my weekly Succession video. So I watched uh, Season 4, Episode 7 of Succession, and I got to say... I absolutely loved it. This season continues to just build and build upon itself, just getting deeper and more effed up with all the character storylines, how everybody's intertwining with each other, and it all kind of came to a head at this party. Mm. Roman making a lot of mistakes here, uh, kind of dealing with the fallout of his mistakes, yelling at Connor. Connor, again, Alan Ruck just being a uh, kind of totally different side of Connor, a more kind of confident, you know, more willing to just embrace who he is version of himself. And, you know, Roman tries to kind of tear down at that exterior and say, you know, there's that moment in this episode where he just goes, you know, man, everybody that's here just thinks you're an idiot. And Connor hits back with the, you know, well, I'm going to ask the one person in this room that doesn't think I'm an idiot, my wife, uh, what she thinks, and I'll go based off of that. Thank you. And, you know, not only is that a great character moment between these two great characters of Roman and Connor, but also you think back to all the 
times across the seasons that Roman has basically implied that Connor as an as his older brother really was more of a you know parental figure and did mm-hmm. more of the day-to-day raising of him than even Logan did but so seeing them kind of blow up at each other I thought was interesting and a dynamic we hadn't seen before everything that Kendall's doing with you know the backpedaling making deals with Frank everything like that I loved and then really what came to a head is the kind of blowout to end all blowouts between uh Shiv and Tom finally just kind of he even says it in the episode clearing the air getting everything that they wanted to say you know but have left unsaid getting it all out in the open uh in this amazing amazing scene of the two of them out on the balcony in this episode uh, and I just think it, it's some of the most phenomenal acting that Sarah Snook and Matthew McFadden have ever done on the show. And I just think that the dialogue, again, is just so, so strong. And it keeps you invested. And, you know, their argument, there's stuff that if you've been watching the show since day one, you know, or just binged it or whatever, you know, when you have that knowledge of the show, the show trusts you with that knowledge. And so within this fight, they'll just they'll just throw in a line that's like that thing you did to me three years ago, you know, that we all watched in season two or whatever in season one. Uh, you know, they'll bring it back up again because it's it's it is recent history for them, just like it is for us. You know, we've been watching mm-hmm. their lives, and I just thought that that was that was done really really well. But yeah, absolutely love the episode. The show just keeps getting better and better. Only three episodes left of it. Uh, we, me and TJ, uh, just now on our uh, show PFN Live, we just talked about uh where Barry is at in their season, and these shows are set to end on the same night. Uh, so it is definitely going to be crazy on HBO for the next three weeks, but absolutely love this episode of Succession, but let me know down below, uh, what you guys thought of this week's episode of Succession, and we will catch you in our next, uh, review. Alright. So, next up, we talk some Survivor, we talk some Barry, we talk some Succession. Uh, let's talk about Ted Lasso real quick. Yeah. And this is we don't have to clip this out because this is just mm. like a general discussion more than a review. I think. Yeah. Oh shit. Mm. I don't think I uh, recorded any of the audio for when we were talking about uh, Barry. So. Uh, <laughs> I uh, I think I have it recorded. If you have it, then I think by all means. I mean, at the very least, or, it'll be on the YouTube. Yeah, we could do that too. Uh, hold on, let me let me set this up. Uh, stream okay yeah so ted lasso came out uh last week obviously a lot of discourse online i've been seeing especially with this episode and maybe i just i don't know maybe it just didn't bother me because i was watching it at like 12 o'clock at night and i was pretty i was tired you know i'm I'm just but i'm i'm going along i'm just kind of going along with what they're giving me but i feel like a lot of people had an issue with and this isn't the first time it's happened this season where they kind of just stop with the story and to start this random kind of public service announcement out of nowhere. And this, this one was kind of like the, the don't spread, don't spread this, you know, nude pictures or anything online of that have been sent to you or anything after you've broken up with people or after somebody's wronged you or any of that. It, just, it was very kind of just like a jolt of like, okay, we, you know, we stopped from talking about everything else, you know, yeah. about what, we've been doing in the season so far to this kind of thing. And then we made the whole, you know, the whole episode about it. What, what were your thoughts on that? 
did you find it very out of place like i feel like I've, i feel like i've seen a lot of people say this <laughs> i mean i definitely i mean like i said i've been kind of out of the loop on mm-hmm. a lot of the, a lot of people's reactions to a lot of these shows i i first of all definitely see that like a hundred percent i could see where anybody would say that but i feel like that's kind of the mo of this show is right. kind of you know Definitely every episode leaves you with, like, a message, but then it it does sometimes go, you know, deeper into, you know, this is, this is the message that we want. Mm-hmm. This is not only the message, but this is our view on this message that we want you to, you know, you know, I feel like this show does kind of go that, that extra step and that, that far with it. But, you know, I really, really love the episode, though. I mean, I liked the whole thing of, you know, Keely, uh the video going out and you know kind of i will say spoilers for this because i mean it's a week out a week old at this point but um Mm -hmm. you know kind of rebecca in the past few weeks has raised a couple questions about jack and about how the newness of their relationship and just warning keely like listen don't fall for that and we as the audience are kind of put in between of being like yeah rebecca has experience with that but also you know, we kind of, we want to root for Keely and everything like that, but, you know, this episode really, I think, put to bed that, you know, uh, I think the relationship with Jack was a little, uh, a little quick, maybe a little hasty, and I think you really got that with the whole response, with the whole letter thing, you know, as soon as she started reading that, and Barbara said that she didn't write it, because your mind immediately is like, oh, Barbara probably wrote that because it's so like, you know, it's like, I apologize. I shouldn't have done that. Mm-hmm. I regret it. I de-, you know what I mean? It was like, it was everything, you know, you're just reading off a list of like, well, that is not something that Keely Jones would say in any stretch of the imagination. And so I, I actually really liked how they dealt with that aspect of it with, with Jack, her actual partner, you know, almost kind of shaming her. Not really almost, she kind of did by the end of the episode. And they got into their big fight, you know, just kind of fully shaming her for it. And, you know, saying that whole... And and I think, like I said, I think it's fair that people say that. But also, I think that the broader message wasn't just like, oh, don't share them. It was like, if stuff... uh, Because, you know, famously, like the Jennifer Lawrence hacks just come to mind as like one of the most high profile Mm -hmm. like celebrity you know leaks like like this kind of thing you know i i think that for that a lot of people's narrative was well she just why she just shouldn't even have taken those why Mm -hmm. why do they even exist and it's like you know i think the show is just saying like hey man people are people you know people are people and Maybe some people would consider that, you know, people make mistakes, but also there's people that are just like, no, it's just part of, you know, it's part of how I show affection, stuff like that. And Keely definitely falls into that. So I think if anything, like I said a million times at this point, I can see where people are coming from, but I just think it's such a positive show and it knows its characters and it knows its audience so well. It just didn't bother me. I I just was like, you know, after Keeley kind of took a backseat, I think one or two episodes ago, it was nice to kind of get an episode focused on her and kind of really resolve some of the things that she's been going through this season to kind of get her, you know, because now we're getting to the point where we're at the midpoint of the season. So we're kind of swinging everybody around 
to now go into their kind of finale arcs. Yeah, which is crazy. So much, so much good TV, and then there's none of it, and then it'll all be back at once, and then there'll be none of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, yeah, what did you think? Yeah, I I wasn't really that thrown off by it, honestly. Mm-hmm. Just because, like you said, I feel like at this point, I feel like this is what I've kind of expected the show to be at some points. And yeah. That's what it's done a few episodes this season. I feel like it's done more this season than any other season that I can remember. You know, I'm I'm okay with it. It doesn't really bother me in any way. Again, I'm watching this late at night, so I'm not really, you know, I, I'm in it honestly just for like, I like the story, but I also love the sport that the show is based on or yeah. that they're, you know, that evolves the, that is involving the show. And that's another big reason why I really like the show. So, you know, I'm watching for a lot of other different reasons than just like, you know, I don't really mind when they kind of go some other way and go, you know, and to maybe some people might say it as preachy, I guess, or something like that. It doesn't really bother me as much. But overall, you know, I, I thought the episode was fine. I'm interested to see like where, you know, how we kind of wrap this up. I, I'm, I know they're probably going to do another time jump just because they've, you know, we're we're in the Premier League. We have this season, and we've, you know, we started off with wins, and we lost Zava, and then we were lo- losing, and then we're back. You know, we lost to I think it was Arsenal. But, yeah. you know, we were trying out the, our new for, formation and our new tactics. And, you know, we stumbled on, you know, oh, we can play this way. You know, we lost, but we, you know, we scored a goal or two, I think. And we're coming back. So I'm interested to see, like, how where we go from here. I pray that it maybe it ends up like, you know, somehow they're facing Palpatine off against return. West Ham. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. They're facing off against West Ham in some, you know, fi- final match day. And, you know, it's... You know, West Ham needs a win to secure the title for the league, and 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 Richmond can stop them from doing that by beating them. Or I don't know something that 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 could be interesting. You know, they're really trying to bring Nate back. It seems to really get you to like him again. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if I'm really really there yet because I really don't think we've earned that yet. Uh, mm-hmm. He really was an asshole, and he's still kind of. He's trying to do his own thing. We saw, like, they try to do, like, he tries to do his own version of the Diamond Dogs at the West Ham with, uh, I don't <laughs> yeah. know who the one guy is, but maybe, like, his assistant coach and some other yeah. dude. I and, figured it was probably, like, his Higgins and his coach. Right. And, like, Rupert's, <laughs> like, you know, like, I'm not coming to that stupid meeting or. Yeah. Or, or even, like, like, because we have, like, those moments where it's, like, you know, Ted brings his son to the game and they're, like, oh, hey, you know, watching and. Rupert's like, don't worry, like that. We'll never, we'll never let that happen again. They won't get in again. And he's mm-hmm. like, and Nate's like, good. It's like, well, you just, you know, you're trying to get me back to into liking him, but you just made me not like him. So yeah. it's like, which one is it? <laughs> I think that that specific, that specific example that you bring up mm-hmm. about him saying like, you know, don't worry, we won't let them come back again, and him being right. like, oh yeah, good. I feel like that specific, uh, thing of uh, what the hell i just like completely lost the train of my thought oh yeah that specific thing with him saying like hey you know we'll make sure that they don't come in again and he's like yeah good good i feel like that shows to me that like he's gonna need a hard break you know mm-hmm. like this is not something that like oh nate's just gonna become better at west ham i think that that's like no matter how hard maybe I'm just benefit of the doubt with the writers or or giving it more credit than what it's presented so far. But to me, at least, 
I think it's like no matter how much Nate wants to redeem himself, he's he's gonna bow down to external factors that are gonna keep him mm-hmm. at odds with Ted. You know what I mean? Like as much as he was like you know starting to worry about Ted or feel bad about Ted, you know Rupert's gonna be there to be like yeah, fu- you know screw screw Richmond, you know all this stuff. And so I think it's going to be – I think Nate's going to have to realize that he's got to get out of that job. Mm. Uh, whether it, you know whether it'll be the theory that we had, you know, uh, I think like two or three weeks ago where we were like giving our finale prediction that all of a sudden, you know, Nate would leave West Ham and then have to somehow end up coach Richmond in the final uh, so that like Ted can go back to America or something. I honestly still feel like if this is going to end with a series finale this season – I do kind of think that that's where we're going is that Nate is going to have this big revelation, quit West Ham, and then Ted's going to somehow be out of the game and Nate's going to be like, hey, I'll step in. Or at least maybe him and Coach Beard together Mm -hmm. are going to, you know, will be like take on like head coach duties or whatever. But yeah, I mean, I think I think I agree with you. I think I'm not quite all the way there with Nate yet, but I'm way more with him now than I thought that the season was gonna was gonna get us. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's funny because just talking about like you know the writing and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I I heard it on a podcast. I think like earlier today or yesterday that Jason Sudeikis had been like liking tweets about you know people like complaining or about the show or whatever. He's liked a few, and this one popped up to me. I'm gonna read it. Uh, this is me quoting. Okay, I'm not actually the one saying this. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this is from Normalus Guy on Twitter, and he qu- he uh, replied under a Apple TV tweet of Coach Beard and uh, I forget what the 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 tr- the kit guy is. What oh, his Will name is Will, uh, and it's like Will dressed up as Coach Beard, and the guy <laughs> said, uh, and I quote: "You should be ashamed for allowing a great show like Ted Lasso to get so unwatchable." Gay sex and leftist political propaganda has ruined your once great story. Who outside of Hollywood do you think would want to watch that shit? Wow. End quote. And he like I'm assuming obviously Jason Dacus, I'm assuming trolling, obviously. Yeah. So he's like liking these tweets, which I I find pretty funny. But uh yeah, so that's just uh, one person who really doesn't like the way the show has gone. And I'm sure there's I guess a lot so. of them. I don't know why I don't know how you wouldn't watch the first episode of this show and not think that it is a leftist show. <laughs> like this is not this yeah. is not the boys that is a leftist show. Sorry to break it to you, anybody out there. The boys is a leftist show, but the boys also goes after the left. It goes after its own point of view. Ted Lasso, not so much. <laughs> Ted, mm. Ted Lasso is much more uh straight up you know uh those, those kind of positive views i'll say and mm-hmm. and they just kind of stick to their guns on that that no last pun, thing no i'll say intended. real quick is it's funny that the complete i feel like the west ham ted lasso version and the real life west ham are complete opposites because the west ham in real life is struggling to stay in the premier league i think they're going to make it at this point of the season they're like but- richmond but like West, yeah, West Ham in the show is like I think they're probably top. Of, I don't, we don't know exactly where they are in the standings, but it seems like mm-hmm. they're like you know first, second, like in that area. Yeah. So I think the last time they showed standings, they were second next to Manchester United. Hmm. But yeah, Ted Lasso. Ted Lasso. Uh, all right. You want to get into it? 
Are you ready? Yeah, let's do it. All right. So what you guys have been waiting for, what you all came here for, uh, we are going to talk some Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. Oh, do you want me to record this or you you got it? I guess we both can, just in case. Okay. Uh, let's see. All right. Oh, before we actually get that, I uh, just want to see. Michelle in the chat says, I like Ted with the whole uh, nude picture stuff. I was mainly happy to see it ended relationship with jack and keely i had a bad feeling about jack and that she would end up hurting our keely uh and in case you missed it ted has the same matches as rebecca uh yeah so the green matches again very interesting mm. uh i think we gotta watch that i think we gotta watch for that those two those two kids there all right so time is upon us time to talk about guardians of the galaxy volume three so this is the third film in the guardians of the galaxy trilogy again brought to us by writer director james gunn coming off the back of the suicide squad and peacemaker and then obviously you know right before his big launch as the head of dc studios with superman legacy what the writer's strike will mean for that project and everything else moving forward we do not know but at this time we are going to dive deep into this movie Right now, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, the latest movie from the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Keeping things spoiler-free here for the first bit, uh, TJ, overall thoughts, emotions, how was your reaction in the cinema? Did you cry? Did you laugh? Did you hate it? Did you... whatever. What did you uh, think of this film? I really, really enjoyed myself at this, at this movie. Uh, really liked it cried maybe three or four times i'd say i think now are we talking like tearing up or like oh crying? no i there was one point where i was like i don't know if i can like imitate it but it was like the quivering like lip like the <laughs> like that <laughs> and i'm like trying to hold myself together because there's probably like 30 or 40 people in in the mm. theater with us <laughs> i'm like trying to hold myself together but no i i really really enjoyed it you know the, you've seen the it once Seen it once, yeah. The action, the comedy, the acting, uh, the story—it all all worked for me. The the look of it, the direction, the like, not you know. And I, I think it's fair to say, you know, this is one of the better MCU movies that we had in the while in a while, in my opinion. But I really enjoyed it. You know, a few critiques here and there that that left me from really loving it like fully, but overall, really, really solid and. I really, I do want to watch it again. Mm. Uh, I don't know if I'll go to a theater, but I also like don't know if I can just because it's like, I, it was so sad. And if you, like, if you have any sort of animal that you care about, I think it it, it affects you even more, in my opinion. Dude, before <laughs> I even give my thoughts, I just gotta say, and I'm gonna show it to you on mm. this little test subject. Hang on. Okay. So on my desk. On top of my box for the microphone, I have this little oh, I have this little baby Grogu, mm -hmm. and the way that the High Evolutionary would grab Rocket, mm -hmm. and he would like he would go like this, he would like squeeze, right. he would like squeeze behind his ear, yeah yeah yeah, he and it literally happened, and again that is not a spoil, I think he even probably shows it in the trailer, it's just a touch, it's just a touch that Chuck Woody Awuji 
uh, who was mm-hmm. fantastic. I know we both loved him in Peacemaker as Mern. I know a lot of people did. Super big fan favorite of that uh, fan favorite character in that show. It's it's just a little touch that he did that every time he did it just made me like squirm in my seat because mm-hmm. I you know I have I know you have a dog you got a big you know chunk getting bigger every day <laughs> yeah. uh but like you know i got a little guy i got a little you know charles is a little cat guy with a head very similar to rockets mm-hmm. and when he i don't know man i've seen the movie twice and every time he grabs him and he puts his like hand under his ear and he like grabs his jaw i'm like dude let go of him like i have like this primal reaction and you just made me think about that and i just had to mention that because mm-hmm. Uh, I guess I'll I'll just hop into my initial thoughts. It, it like that word that I said primal. Like this movie is just like I'll just rip the bandit off. I've seen it twice now. I don't think it's the best MCU movie in a couple of years. I think it's one of the best MCU movies. I I, okay, I know yeah. that recency bias, and I know yeah, that yeah. I came out of you know love and thunder and i was like you know i liked it it was you know good <laughs> and, you know doctor strange i definitely came out of way higher than kind of where it's landed for me and then ant-man uh i, I still do think that quantumania is a is a fun movie i still will die on that hill i think it's a fun movie it's better than love and thunder for me we could argue until the cows comes home about multiverse of madness or not but uh i gotta rewatch like it. <laughs> this movie, this movie, it just had none of that. Mm-hmm. It just, and I knew that we were in such safe hands because just the opening scenes of the movie, the the song opens with, and I know people, this is everywhere already, it, it opens with an acoustic version of Creep by Radiohead. I mean, mm-hmm. that's like, I feel like already that song has kind of become synonymous with this movie. And just the fact that, First of all, how they play that song, who's listening to it, how it kind of goes about all that. But the fact that that song kind of this movie and I we really obviously I want to spend a chunk of this talking about the music because it's so important to this these movies in this trilogy. When the title card came up, you know, the first title card is Peter dancing and you get the Mm. hey and it's like, oh, boom, Guardians of the Galaxy. Second one, Baby Groot. This one is, like, sad. It's dour. It's a downbeat. I've said to anybody who will listen to me, this movie is about eight people who hate themselves. And, you know, and I think I only say eight because, as Mantis says, Drax is the only one who doesn't hate himself. Mm. Um, You know, and I I just, I feel that. And and when we get into spoilers, I have specifics that I want to mention specifically about not only Peter Quill and not only how Peter Quill is written, but I I do think that I think this is Chris Pratt's maybe best performance in a movie. Mm-hmm. And that's saying something because he gives a phenomenal performance in the first two Guardians movies. But I, I think, honestly, this is my favorite performance of his in anything. And I say that as a diehard Moneyball fan. Um, so that's, that's a high bar yeah. for me. But in terms of my initial reactions in the theater, I mean, just like you, and Michelle put it in the chat here, uh, she knows a PFN host needed at least four Kleenex from my purse. <laughs> Dude, when I saw the movie for a second time yesterday, yeah, there was whole minutes that I didn't see the first time. 
because I was just, I was just, I was, yeah. I was literally, I had my glasses and I was like, oh my God. I was like, I was dying, like so emotional and laughing and just, uh, oh man, who was it? Uh, I think it was, I think it was Winston A. Marshall on, on, I watched the, the spoiler discussion that the, uh, Christian Harloff had on his channel with Winston and, and Koi Jandru, and I think it was Winston, that just was like, you know, it's it's the first movie in a while that I got caught up in. You know, I, I, I wasn't going, man, you know, Sam Worthington, I, you know, I hate that people say that about Sam Worthington. He is really great as Jake Sully. You know, I wasn't thinking those, like, movie things watching this movie i wasn't going like man i wish zoe seldana had more to do in this movie which is i'm talking about avatar not not in this right, one right. but like i wasn't thinking about that i wasn't thinking like i wonder what this would have been like with emma Furman as cassie lang like I, i'm thinking that while watching ant-man for the first time you know i i oh what would this have looked like without the volume mm-hmm. you mentioned the look of the movie i think and as one of the reviews or whatever that i that i saw made point to say you know i think a big difference is this movie had obviously a consorted effort to make it look like something Mm. you know you know whether that was your taste or not it looks like something it has a look to it it has a tone to it a vibe a color palette uh and i i just think it, it was phenomenal and the performances especially uh i i just I thought it was incredible, mm-hmm. very very good, but yeah, let's see. What's your uh, uh, what's what's your star rating on it? Okay, I gotta reassess because we have six. How long until November? What what is it right now? Six months. It's, yeah. So six months until November. Uh oh, almost to the day. So almost six months to the day for the Marvels. So we have a little bit of a gap here. So I'm gonna take that time to reassess my letterbox MCU ranking. I only say that because I gave Quantumania a four, and then also just out of an abundance of caution in case this movie, you know, sunk like a stone with me the more I thought about it, which it absolutely has not, I gave this four stars as well, uh, and then I did not rate my second viewing yet because I wanted to save it for this. I think I am going five out of five. Wow. Yeah, and that's a that is a Sean that is trying to be more frugal with his star spending. Mm-hmm. I... I think if I had to think right now, I would probably move Quantumania to a 3, really a 3.25, because I feel like a 3 is too harsh, but probably mm-hmm. a 3.5 for Quantumania. And this, I would give a, a full fat, uh, warmed up in the microwave, 5 out of 5, uh, for sure. What about you? Uh, I'm at a 4 currently. Now, that might change uh on a rewatch as well as i'm just thinking in my head i gave you know multiverse of badass a four out of four and a half so i'm like you know oh, okay, there really, you, you know but but on, yeah. on, on rethinking i'm like well i feel like this is definitely a better movie than yeah <laughs> it's I, tough you know, with letterbox because it's 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 your it's your shoot from the hip you right. know it, sometimes you know we don't get to it immediately but it's you know within 24 hours it's it's how you feel about it now you're a year away from multiverse of madness you know, it's kind of it's kind of tough. But so, would you think you would stay at the four, or do you think? I I'd be willing probably to move it up, but I I'd have to mm-hmm. rewatch it again. Yeah, um, just wanted to shout out oh, Geek Ledger in the chat said uh, I yeah, got to say out. I saw it over the weekend. 
my personal favorite MCU movie, and in my opinion, the best MCU MCU movie yet. Now, I don't know if that means like the best ever, or is if if he just means like or or she or they uh, mm-hmm. means like you know recently or something like that. Yeah. But yeah, I I, I agree with that as far mm-hmm. as lately, uh, definitely yeah. definitely up there. Would you now just this is just before we get into you know spoilers and all that stuff? Would you say? And I I was thinking while I was watching it afterwards, and I don't think it's the correct term to say mm-hmm. this is the most sci-fi MCU movie, I feel like. Because maybe Ooh. sci-fi isn't the exact genre that this is. Because mm-hmm. it's just, you know, it's just an action-adventure comedy. That's what it is on IMDb, those genres. But mm-hmm. I would say, just thinking of, like you said, it's got a feel or like a vibe. This is mm-hmm. very Doctor Who-ish to me. Where we have these different planets. Yeah, we have the, the animal person planet. And we have this weird kind of... Uh, this weird kind of company with these people in these weird suits and Orgo we had, you Corp. Know, yeah, it's just very like you know something I'd watch 100%. on the BBC at eight o'clock at night. It's very, <laughs> it's very, and I, you know, it's funny that you say that exact question because a lot of people said that about Quantumania. Is they're like, this is the most like sci-fi mm-hmm. uh, Marvel movie yet, and I think that both of them, I think Quantumania and this, I think probably are the two most sci-fi because the first two guardians movies i would say are more you know cosmic more star wars-esque and i think that yeah i think that this movie in particular doctor who or even like star trek almost reminds Mm -hmm. me of and obviously between the spacesuits and a, a, a bunch of other stuff there's direct comparisons to like 2001 a space odyssey not the year Right. Uh, and I think I think like for sure I I, I hadn't really th- even yeah. considered that, but yeah, I think probably the most sci-fi straight up, just because it's like you know we gotta infiltrate this space station. There's a you know it's just more kind of sci-fi serial adventure mm. stuff in this, while at the same time being the most dour of right. uh, of any of the three. Yeah. They somehow managed to like the actual what they were doing. Uh, and then you have like Mantis, like I just feel like Mantis very like she just feels her powers feel like a Doctor Who character, you know, could, mm-hmm. you know, but Mantis, some of the stuff in this, she was just killing me and Drax so much to talk about. But uh, you ready to head into uh, into some spoilery territory? Yep. All right. Well, everybody watching right now, Geek Ledger, uh, The Breakfast Bitch, uh, Michelle in chat there. Brandon, if you're still watching, I know Brandon's it's been tough for him to get out to see movies so i don't know if you've seen it yet but uh anybody who's watching let us know all your thoughts on guardians 3 uh in the chat right now uh let's go ahead and move over to spoilers here so i mean what do you want to kind of attack first i mean uh, i am good to just go scattershot just anything that comes to mind because there's just so much i can talk about everything yeah i first want to talk about i guess just rocket's whole thing as well as uh, we'll, we'll loop high evolutionary in there as well, I guess. Yeah. Uh, for me, like I thought that whole story with Rocket and these friends that you know he has in in they're all in these crates and mm-hmm. trying to dream of a life on the outside. I'd say you oh, know Rocket coming to the realization that they're all gonna they're all gonna you know die uh, and trying to save that. I thought that was just that was just heartbreaking. Like it, mm-hmm. I. I, dude, when she, when just... <laughs> when Floor starts screaming, when, like when Rocket is just the, 
ah, like, yeah. he's just a little guy. Yeah. Like, he's just a little guy, and his whole world is falling apart, and he just doesn't no idea what to do other than just scream. Mm-hmm. I was like, um, God damn. I found a very interesting, like, the end, like, one is, like, a bunny, but her, like, mouth has, like, a metal thing over it, and she's got, like, spider legs, kind of, and there's a walrus with wheels for legs, and mm-hmm. what's the other one? Uh, Lila. With Lila. The, she's the otter with the robot arms oh yeah, yeah 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 all those are very kind of interesting designs but also just very sad um mm-hmm. and james gunn i thought he just did a really good job of you know building up kind of in a, a very i feel like a short period of time you know we get a little bit with them we don't get a ton because that's mm-hmm. that's one way he keeps rocking the movie because rocket's really not much like around like present you know yeah He's, it's very much flashbacks but I felt like he did. How a did good you job feel, of kind of about that? Because I, I mean, obviously, in the marketing, <clears throat> Rocket yeah. was huge front and center, and everybody was mm-hmm. like, "This is Rocket's movie. It's Rocket's movie." Right, or, right, you yeah. know, uh, anybody who could tell you anything would say it was Rocket's movie. So we all just figured, "Oh, this is going to be Rocket's movie," and then at the end, he's going to sacrifice himself. He's out in the first five minutes. Yeah. Like he's he's off shocked. the table. Yeah, shocked. and then it's all flashback. Like, how did you? I was definitely shocked. For yeah, sure. I, I enjoyed the flashbacks. I thought they did a good job with them, you know, kind of seeing, you know, what he had been going through and before, you know, we, we got to know him. I mm-hmm. thought, you know, that was all done really well. And then just to bring the high evolutionary into it, uh, I thought he was pretty just like, he was just a psycho, a psychopath. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, you know, and I think, you know, there's that one line, I think, where Rocket says, like, he doesn't want to, he doesn't want a perfect world. He just like want. He just doesn't like the way it is, or something like that. Yeah. And you know, I think maybe, maybe we could if if we had more time or something, we could have gotten more into that kind of high mm-hmm. evolutionary. What his kind of end game is. Like I, while I was sitting there, I was I was kind of while I was watching, I was like, okay, well, you know, he doesn't want it to be perfect or anything, but like, what is his like, like what what makes it what's the next best thing if it's not going to be perfect? You know what I mean? Like what's his idea of, you know, all this stuff, him doing all these experiments. What's the, basically what's the end game, I guess. And maybe he said it, but I just kind of wanted him to go maybe a little bit deeper into that. But uh, the performance, sorry, what's the actor's name? I apologize. Uh, Chukwudi Awuji. Chukwudi I think you can call him uh, Chuck. That's what everybody called him in the interviews. Oh, really? Will Will Uh, Poulter. Well, his his performance was just, amazing uh mm-hmm. fantastic what did you uh, think about the like y- yelling i've seen this complaint of uh, almost uh, throughout the uh, probably the one most prevalent complaint i've heard across everything i've watched is like people yell in this movie a lot but specifically him they're like it kind of takes away some of his menace i didn't really mind it i disagree honest. i i thought he was more menacing because he's yeah. just you know he he made he created Rocket and you know and then Rocket turns out to be smarter than him and yeah, imagine I, being imagine being that's the, the perfect reaction what you just said creation no more than you so yeah. now you're the inferior one but yeah you know everybody else around you is supposed to be you're you're the god and i think at one point uh oh my god what's her name Elizabeth Elizabeth Debicki's character 
Uh, oh, yeah, or Aisha. maybe it's somebody else. It might be Gomorrah. She's like, you know, mm-hmm. everybody, there's parts of the universe where they call him God or something. Oh, like yeah, that. it is Gomorrah, yeah. And I, I don't know. I thought that added a lot. And I was, you know, he definitely scared me. I, I'm, I'm definitely on the, like, you know, he's one of the top tier MCU villains for me, at least. Yeah. I, I am so glad. I, I agree a hundred percent because uh, Ronan, I'll tell you that. Yeah, <laughs> I, it's crazy how the villains in Guardians, like I would put him above Ego. Like I, oh, I, yeah. like it's crazy how every movie the Guardians villains just got even better. It's like James Gunn was like, okay, I understand these characters, mm-hmm. so like he had more brain power to divert to the villain in every subsequent movie <laughs> like like ronan was just like oh my god i spent all this time on the main characters what about the villain totally opposite with this guy i totally agree with you i think that the villain the yelling uh did not i i won't say like oh it it made him even more menacing i just thought mm. it was just all part of it you yeah. know to me when yeah. he yells it when he pulls rocket out and he's just like how did you know where did it come from Right. If you know it and I don't, how? Like, how do you have independent thought that I don't have? And I love, too, the the uh, contradiction of, you know, this is what he's screaming at Rocket about. And in a way, clearly scared. He is scared that he create. Either he's scared of rocket as a threat to his knowledge Mm -hmm. he's scared of rocket as oh my god i created something beyond myself like like i have no control over this raccoon you know know what i mean like or but then also later in the movie he's mad about it when he's talking about all the children on the ship this new batch which Mm -hmm. also i love the fact that he talked about he says you know i've been doing this for centuries of creating these civilizations uh so like we know he created the sovereign uh and then uh he and then clearly after the sovereign he turned his focus and create and wanted to test with animals and then i like that we saw that all because by the time we catch up to him in the present He's totally over animals. He's done, mm. he's done with the whole... It's like it was just a phase for him. Mm. You know what I mean? Because it's just he's done with the animals. He blows up their planet, which we'll talk about. Uh, and then he's just on to now these all these little kids with white hair, <laughs> I guess. Like, that's that's now his, his current fixation. But I, I just thought that he was fantastic. Everything, the whole, like, mystique around him I thought was really, really good that, like... He's not necessarily this, like, evildoer in the shadows. He is somebody that, like, he has this legitimate business, Orgo Corp. He just uses the profits to fund his, you know, I, I they said something like, you know, uh, like, you know, he's not above law or something. Like, like he couldn't just go into, like, uh, the, like, Cree space and just start kidnapping people for experiments. Like, you know what I mean? Like, he's kind of got to do some of this stuff in the shadows. Like, he's not one of these Thanos, like, he can't be questioned, you know, by anybody. Mm-hmm. I got very much the impression that, like, if the Kree could get their hands on him, like, they would, they would like, stomp him out. They just don't care to. And so I, I kind of liked that bit, that, like, this wasn't some, like, untouchable guy, because very clearly Gamora says, you know, some corners of the un- of the galaxy you know not all um so i i really really like that but yeah and then just the performance on on a freaking raccoon dude like 
when he's standing there and he's like, how did you know? And Rocket's just like, it was the, it was the, uh, the filters. The fi- yeah. I don't, and it was Sh- the filters. And shout out like, to the other two kind of voice actors as well that voiced, uh, or that the actors that yeah. voiced Rocket. It wasn't yeah. just Bradley Cooper. I think Sean, Sean Gunn did Young Rocket. And then, yeah, um, and then it was it Noah, Noah Raskin, Raskin or something? did Baby yeah. Rocket. I thought they all yeah. knocked out of the park. <laughs> they were fantastic, yeah. And I loved, like, I know that kind of the hype machine for this movie was like, oh, this is Rocket's movie. This, mm-hmm. you know, over and over and over again. Like, But, like, I, I guess it's just like, it just kind of sneaks up on you how endearing and how beloved of a character Rocket is. Something as small mm-hmm. as when, when, when little kid Rocket... One of my favorite scenes of the whole movie, the song Since You've Been Gone, uh, which was in one of the trailers, too. Uh, And in the trailer, it's this kind of, like, dour, like, since you've been gone, like, as if, like, since you died or since somebody's Mm -hmm. died. But in the movie, it actually flipped it, and it was kind of an uplifting scene of him and his friends all playing around and and playing, you know, tag Mm -hmm. with each other in the cage and... Just like these hat, like they associated with like like Rocket's happy memories of that time, mm-hmm. uh, the very few that he has, and just a little thing in that when they're all laughing and joking, and Rocket like starts like slapping his knee, like we've seen old Rocket do. Like that's how old Rocket laughs is he he'll like put his hands on his knees and stuff, and so just seeing that that you're just like oh he's like he's becoming Rocket like. Mm-hmm. You know, and then even just over the course of the flashbacks, him, you know, gathering more speech and talking more and more like uh, like the rocket that we know, like when he's, you know, giving the explanation and he's like, and then it makes and she gives the long thing and he goes, yeah, thems. It makes thems like it's like Mm -hmm. like where where is this guy talking? And he tries to correct him with like an English accent, but it just doesn't stick. Uh, like I loved all that, all that stuff with, with little rocket there, but what do you want to, what do you want to talk about next? I, we could talk Peter Drax. Let's kind of go, we could go character by character. Let's talk about Adam Warlock. Starts, starts off the movie. (laughs) Yeah. Will, Will Poulter. Uh, let's just kind of take a character by character here. Well, how did, how did you feel about a, his entrance, what he had to do in this movie, et cetera. Mm -hmm. Uh, and what'd you think of Will Poulter as the character? Uh, I thought Will Poulter was great very off put i was very uh caught off guard by how he was introduced where he just kind of mm-hmm. shows up you know he's yeah. just you know you see this guy just hurtling towards nowhere uh and he's I like i love oh, that I'm shot there. though it looks so yeah, yeah, good yeah i just think for me it, it this is one of the the negatives to this movie or maybe uh just something i didn't enjoy as much is i just feel like he didn't have a lot to do <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, and you know we haven't seen anything from him since the end of Guardians Two, uh, as far as teases to Adam Warlock or anything. And yeah. he shows up; he's clearly powerful, obviously. But they do make it a point to tell you that he is—he is underdeveloped. You know, he was taken yeah. out of the chamber early. And I do kind of like how Will Poulter plays it as this kind of bumbling kind of kid, where you know he's. He's grown to be 40 or 35, but his mind is like 12, yeah. um, which I find interesting. It's just, I just don't think he had a lot to do. And mm-hmm. I think they kind of had to find little things for him to do. And he just kind of, it's like, you're, well, you're, you're a villain, but you're not a villain. 
but now you're on our side. It was just, it was all kind mm-hmm. of clunky for me, and I didn't really enjoy his kind of hero moment. I don't. It just didn't. It didn't quite work. Really? For me. Yeah. I, I thought it was okay. gonna be. So I did not expect it to be him because I just felt like he was kind of. I don't know. I felt like he had that moment with Groot right before that. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I maybe he's. But I guess they said second chance. So it's, I don't know. It just didn't yeah. quite work for me. But yeah, I thought Will Poulter was great, and I'm interested to see what they do with him going forward. <laughs> yeah, I agree, and I don't agree at the same time, because mm-hmm. I agree with basically all of your positives, but it just really worked for me. I, yeah. I, I liken this to, and now I will say, I think... I, I liken this to, you know, this isn't the only, this isn't the Adam Warlock movie. You know, right. this is the movie that Adam <laughs> yeah. Warlock is introduced to the MCU. And so I, I think of it like Civil War with Spider-Man. Mm. Uh, you know, not Civil War with Black Panther, where Black mm. Pan- where, where Civil War, Black Panther's the third most important character. Well, right. third or fourth, depending on where you put Bucky. You know, like, he's the third or fourth most important person in that movie. I put him, I put this more like Spider-Man. You know, he is uh important to the movie he's in the movie he's getting introduced in the movie but now what i will hear you on is i think maybe you could say that civil war handled spider-man uh uh easier or or quicker or more concise because just real quick i think it might be also easier with the character experience just because he's very well known yeah it's it's more (laughs) what is this spider-man gonna be Mm. not who is this right exactly you know what i mean so i think i think that's a big difference and like i was saying i think it's a big difference that spider-man it was like boom queens Mm. and then he's in the movie for 25 minutes and then he's out Mm. you know what i mean it's like he's in for the for the airport fight and then he's out and that that's it adam is he's in at the beginning then he disappears for like an hour then uh or sorry he's in it and then he's in a couple more scenes and then he disappears for like an hour and then mm. he shows back up on uh on counter earth but you know the whole like the whole entire orgo corp sequence of the movie and the scenes on either side of it you know he's nowhere to be found in that entire section of the movie but i will say i did think i thought that the hero moment did work for me because he's in the beginning of the movie who's the main person that he fights is is Groot Mm. him and Groot go at it and he you know decapitates Groot but you know luckily this Groot and and I don't want to overlook I definitely don't want to not talk about Groot I definitely want to talk about Groot in this movie but you know he fights Groot and then at the end it's Groot who tells him you know uh everybody deserves a second chance and I I just bought into that I I just bought into he loses his mother, and I liked it multiple times throughout this, and I'll, I'll touch on it again definitely when we get to talking about Peter specifically. It, it, it You know, this movie, it's just it's all kind of fun and games until shit's getting real. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, he's going after, uh, you know, Rocket. He's he's trying to catch Rocket on the ship. He's taking out the the what war pig or whatever the one, whatever the one yeah, minion was I... called. Like, he's taking out war pig. And then as soon as he hears the bomb start to go off, he's just like, mother. And then he just mm. he just goes as fast as he can. And I like that in the trailer, you know, you see that shot of him flying through the street, uh, trying to go as fast as he possibly can. And in the trailer, you're like, oh, he's probably going after the Guardians or something. But to know that 
he's just trying to get to his mother as fast as he possibly can and that he almost gets there uh and then you know she dies right in front of him uh i just bought that i i just bought into it and i loved and i don't think you touched on this because you said you didn't buy his hero moment but i loved his humor i he was killing me when in the final final battle when he like flies into peter and gamora's ship uh when he like flies into peter and gamora's ship and they're kind of having a standoff and gamora grabs the what is it uh Warp or whatever or like what the little creature oh, that, that adam has yeah, yeah, yeah. when she grabs him and she goes what is she she's like she's like uh stop right now or, or i'll slit his throat <laughs> and they just in the middle of all this action it just close up on adam and he goes now don't be rash like i <laughs> i i died laughing at that yeah. that was so, that was so funny like uh and just the humor with Gamora and everything, I thought it was so funny. Just the extremes, the extreme swings that she would go to where they're like, we're not going to kill anybody. And she's like, everybody put your guns down or I'll, I will blow her brains out over the wall. Like, you're like, what are you saying? Like, she was so yeah. just like intense. She reminded me of like, of like Nebula from the first movie. But yeah. And then, uh, I think that's kind of everything with Adam. Yeah. That's uh, I mean, well, what do we think? If we're going character by character, uh, uh, well, what actually, do you think about I the whole? Just, I just want to see if we can maybe com- go for combine it. some of them. So can we do yeah, like absolutely. A, a Nebula, Gamora, Peter talk kind of that little love triangle that is <laughs> kind of going on, I guess, in the, in the movie. I th- I thought it's fantastic. Yeah. I I I th- I think we definitely talk about about uh, Chris Pratt and everything, but yeah, I, yeah. I thought just start starting with Gamora. I think that Zoe Saldana does. And James Gunn, because I think when we're talking about all these characters, it's truly an equal parts, uh, you know, the writing with the performance. Because, you know, James Gunn, yes, he had kind of a curveball thrown at him with Gamora dying in Infinity War. Mm -hmm. But he had all of the tools of sci-fi at his disposal to fix it. So, you know, he could have very easily. Like like you said, that was very much like, uh, oh, shit. Like oh you're yeah okay <laughs> you're, you're I, I think, off all right well <laughs> I, I think what people see yeah yes but also like I said I think they were like hey we're gonna kill Gamora in Infinity yeah. War but I think they definitely were like but you know whatever you need we will make it work story wise for mm. however you if you want to bring her back if you whatever like I think that James Gunn totally could have just been like. Oh, but good thing her she kept all these video logs. Oh, and, yeah, you know what I mean? Like, like I, or like, or like, oh, good thing she always backed up her eye implant. You know, <laughs> so you know they could have done yeah. anything like that, and then just been like the new Gamora plugged into it. Oh, and she's back. Mm-hmm. Like, you know what I mean? Like, but the fact that he kind of almost in a way challenged himself to be like, no, I'm not gonna do like an easy sci-fi fix of this. It's she's a different person now. What what does that look like? And I, mm. I think that a lot of her in this movie absolutely works for me. But I think uh, what sums up in the best moment is when she's arguing with Peter and, you know, she's like, just drop me back off with my people. And he's like, your people, you're not even a Ravenger. I'm a Ravenger. And then at the end of the movie, uh, you know, she goes back onto the Ravenger ship and they all give this big bear hug to her. And Stallone's like, oh, welcome home, you know, like yeah. and, and it's like. <laughs> 
the whole yeah. thing is that like Peter's like, you know, that's what, and then you found your family with the Guardians. Like, it. This movie is about he's got to understand that she's a different person, and we find out at the end that she, this version of Gamora, did find her family. Mm. You know, she she already has her family, and it's and you know he says. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And and Peter says to her, he's like, you know, and the Okamore definitely wouldn't have found, you know, wouldn't have called home with uh, like a bunch of criminals. Which is ironic because the Guardians are a bunch of criminals. But uh, yeah, I just love that. And I loved everything that she did in between that. The I bet we were fun line oh, yeah. was Ooh, like, oh, damn, <laughs> like, geez, like, it's just so much like heartbreak baked into every single line of this. Uh, but what what did you kind of feel about? Uh, yeah, about I echo basically everything you said. I thought Zoe Zeldana did a, a fantastic job playing a new version of the same character. I thought her and Chris Pratt did a really good job of kind of still having that kind of uh, chemistry, chemistry where it's like, yeah, you know, it's like a different kind. Yeah, it's a different kind of chemistry where their characters don't, or one character, you know still knows you as this other person, but you have no idea who this person is. And yeah. to go from obviously, you know, what we've seen in previous movies to this is a big shift. And, you know, sometimes it might not be that easy to pull off, but I thought they did an awesome job with it. Uh, but yeah, all that I thought was great. Uh, trying to, trying to think back to like what else happened. I just thought, I the liked book, the, I oh, thought yeah, the progression just of her kind of, you know, I guess in a way, understanding where he's coming from, but also going her own way. I thought that all worked yeah. really well in the movie. Yeah, like because I mean, I think about, uh, and we can kind of use this. Let's, we can transition on to talking about uh, Chris Pratt and and uh, Peter Quill. I forgot the character, the main character's name. I I I think about that scene with the spacesuits. Uh, of again, absolutely incredible way that james gunn can weave you know a serious moment and then just push it right into this great comedic moment where he thinks he's on the private channel with her and i just love that he's like you know you know we were we were we were in love like i like you you loved me and i i loved you and we cared about each other and she's just so respectful and just like understanding that and she just like looks at him and she's like i you know i don't i don't think we were mm-hmm. like i'm so like i just like i i'm sorry i just don't think we were and he's just so like lost and when he says to her and he's like i mean if you just like if like if you just if you just try like can, mm-hmm. if you just tried to open up like and he's so sincere in that moment and heartbroken and like he almost knows like you know she's gone like she like it's not her like he and he knows that and i i just i just love those moments uh from him throughout this movie uh and i really like the the funny moment when when she first comes into the movie and uh he's like why didn't you tell he's like what the hell nebula why didn't you tell me you were in contact with Gamora, and she's like, "Cause I didn't want you to freak out." And he's like, "Freak out, how?" <laughs> she she goes like that. <laughs> yeah. You're freaking out right now. I thought I just thought that that I, I everything with them, and then of course in all the trailers, the scene with them in the in the elevator, you know, I think is is really really good too. Uh, at uh, at Orgo Corp, 
yeah, they just have a lot of great scenes. I'm really just thinking back just how many scenes they have together, mm-hmm. which is a, they have a lot. Uh, like they really, really uh, still have a lot together. And again, leading up to kind of that final moment of the like, you know, I, I bet we were fun together. And he's just like, like you wouldn't believe, mm-hmm. you know, it just these characters feel so real to me. Like, I'm sorry, I'm a huge Star Wars fan. I don't know if you know this, but uh, like Han and Leia to Peter and Gamora, like, what are we talking about here? Right. I mean, not like in terms of uh, character development and relationship development. I mean, like I like what? I love you, I know. I bet we were fun like you wouldn't believe. Like that that to me is like <laughs> I, I got I, I, I was almost crying not tearing up. I was almost crying just on that. <laughs> like, let alone anything to do with Rocket. And I think it just goes to the chemistry that these guys built up together over all these movies and everything like that. Uh but yeah, I, I think kind of moving over to, to Peter. Uh, well, I'll go. I, I'll go second, I guess, because I I went with the Gamora stuff. But how did, how did you kind of feel about Chris Pratt in this one, uh, with his his performance, Peter in general, kind of how he carries himself in this movie, uh, everything like that. Huh? What what what, uh, what are your thoughts on the old? Yeah, I'm with you. Ratatouille, his, his performance in general, I thought it was amazing. I think it you know might be one of the best, his best performances in the MCU, probably, and maybe one of his best performances in his career period. But yeah, he you know he's kind of going through it. You know he's dealing with a lot. He's got to yeah. you know, save his best friend and 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 rocket, and then he's got to come to grips with the fact that this Gamora is just not his Gamora, and he mm-hmm. needs to accept that. And you know he's not going to get her back. And although you know I'm seeing you never know, I guess. But but you know what? Actually, I don't think that's going to happen because I'm pretty sure Zoe Zelda said she's, she ain't coming back. So yeah. uh, we continue on, but. Yeah, I just think he did an awesome job in this movie, and he acted his ass off, in my opinion. Uh, I don't know what else <laughs> yeah. there is to say. He, just, he he really went through it in this movie, and I thought mm-hmm. Chris Pratt did that wonderfully. Yeah. <clears throat> I, I, I really think, and I know we kind of talked about it with Mario, I just, you know, the guy just gets so much flack, and it's like, not to go into, you know, back to the Ted Lasso, <laughs> you know, comment, commentary mm. conversation, but just like, you know, the guy just seems like a nice guy to everybody right. that he interacts with. You know, Tom Cruise is crazy, but, you know, we all love Tom Cruise. I, I Between this and Mario Man, Chris Pratt is, like, obviously two very different roles. You know, Mario, I thought he did a really good job with, but this was... Just just another level. I mean, mm-hmm. I loved I loved him on I loved him as Andy on Parks and Rec, you know, 10, 15 years ago and everything like that, and to see him deliver a performance like this at the center of this movie, whether it's in the beginning of the movie with him being drunk at the at the um, kind of like lounge thing where where Rocket finds him at the at the beginning of the movie, and just like these these little moments like when Nebula when they're all carrying him and the title card comes up and everything, but then when Nebula puts him to bed. And he grabs her arm and he's like, I love you, Gamora. Like, the look on Karen Gillan's face and the look in her eyes is just, like, so sad. Because she's mm. just like, this is a, he's a literal, like, shell of who he used to be. And, like I said earlier, I, I have specific examples on the top of my tongue uh, that I really loved the first time and really looked out for and loved even more the second time. And one is... Two people we'll talk about in a minute here: Drex and 
uh, Mantis have this great moment where Mantis, you know, gives Drax this, uh, like, thing to recite to him about the, you know, you've been in a pond leaping from lily pad to lily pad, and I think it's time you learn how to swim, mm. uh, which, again, is just a beautiful James Gunn line, but uh, I love that moment. And then, you know, Mantis is like, like, yay, good job, Drax. And then Peter looks over, because Drax is like, did I do good? And then Peter looks at Mantis and looks back at Drax, and he's he ju- he doesn't go like, you guys! He's just like, mm. oh, okay. And then just walks away. Like, he's so depressed, and I feel it in the character. Like, I feel every single thing that he's going through. And I gotta, again, go to the go to the, the track list, because I feel like, you know, Awesome Mix Volume 3 is, is a character in itself. The song Do You Realize, uh, which I can't even, like, read right now. Yeah, Do, Do You Realize by The Flaming Lips. I think that is my either first or second favorite song from this. And it's the song that plays when they put on all of their suits, when they fully suit up to go to Counter-Earth to save Rocket. And it's just that shot. I don't know if you remember. It's that shot. It starts outside the ship, and it goes all the way through the ship up to him. And he's just standing there with his hands on the railing, just looking straight ahead out into space. And then it, the camera comes all the way around to behind his shoulders and looks out. And it's right after that scene where he's like, you know, why should I be surprised? Everybody in my life dies. You know, uh, my mom, you know, Gamora, you know, now Rocket, like all like all that, like everybody in my Yondu, like everybody in my life dies. And then it hits with that song. Uh, and you just see him staring out into space. And I'm like, this guy is like you said, he is just going through it. Like, and, and everything, even when there's no dialogue, I feel that through Chris Pratt's performance many, many times in the movie. And then, obviously, the the big trailer moment of the, the scream, uh, you know, when, when Rocket does uh, die, however short an amount of time that was, that yell that he gives out is just insane. And even cutting back to the beginning of the movie where he's supposed to be drunk... And Mantis is like, you need to get the med packs, like, right now. Like, what are you doing? Like, and he's just kind of like, like, he's like, he's like overwhelmed. He's, he just woke up. He's like overstimulated. And she's like, you need to, like, wake up and get your shit together right now. And then he has that moment, like, 20 minutes later when he finally, like, is sobered up. And he's like, you know, if I hadn't been drinking... I, you know, I could have been more with it. I could have done something, you know, quicker for Rocket. And I, I just think he did such a great job. And they put so much into Peter Quill. And then I guess just to take him all the way to the end, uh, I almost cried at the, uh, uh, we, uh, we were, pro- or I bet we were fun line. I completely cried when he went back to Earth uh, mm. to his to his grandfather's house. When he hugged him, I was just, I was, like, done. And I saw people out there saying, and I want to know how you felt about it. I saw people out there saying, like, that didn't really track for me. Like, I don't remember ever Peter being like, uh, you know, oh, like, I got to go back to Earth or something like that. Like, and, uh, like, specifically people were saying, like, you know, the whole gist of this trilogy is found family and everything. 
And it's like, yeah, but at a certain point, too, it's sometimes healthy if you've been running from something all your life and, more importantly, running from the lie you're telling yourself because he tells Mantis he's like, you know, he screamed in my face and pushed me out of the room. We saw that in Guardians 1. That is not what happened. He leaned down and was like, hey, Pete, it's all going to be okay. And then Peter just ran. So, like, he's lying to himself about his grandfather and about Earth. And James Gunn, around Infinity War time, when people were like, you know, has he ever been back to Earth? He was like, why the hell would he want to go back to Earth? Like, you know what I mean? Like, that's the place that took his mother from him. And so I thought that scene where he was reunited with his grandpa uh, really, really hit for me on a really emotional level. But what what did you kind of feel about that? Did you think it tracked for you that, like, he would want to go back to Earth um, to see what's left of a family for him? I don't want to say it didn't track initially for me. I was just kind of caught yeah. off guard just because I didn't really see that coming, honestly. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, talking more about it and talking through it a little bit, you know, I think it tracks a little bit better. So that was really nice to see. It didn't really hit with me emotionally, but, you know, I was happy to see that. Just kind of to keep things moving a little bit. Uh, mm-hmm. Let's talk about real quick about, you know, Nebula. Then we'll get into Drax yeah. and Mantis. And then I think we can probably go to. I just want to talk about those post credit scenes because I'm actually very in- intrigued by both of them. Yeah. Uh, so, Nebula, what'd you think? I thought she was fantastic. I, th- I yeah. thought that Karen Gillan has gotten better and better with every single movie, mm-hmm. every single portrayal of Nebula. I thought she was fantastic in the holiday special. And I thought this was easily her, like Chris Pratt. Yeah, you know, you could argue maybe maybe he's had better performances even as Star-Lord. But Karen Gillan, I don't think there's any argument. This is easily the most she's had to do. Probably besides like Endgame was probably the other one where she had the most to do because mm-hmm. she was really like one of the main six people in Endgame, to be honest. And then, uh, you know, just the emotion and the care... And one thing I really liked about this that we haven't really touched on is they're they're past the whole, like, yeah, this guy. They're just openly, they just love each other. They call each other family. They openly care about each other. And when she's, like, when her, and we could transition over to Mantis and Drax, when her Mantis and Drax are getting into that argument and, you know, she's like, oh, my God, you two are just, you know, useless. Like, what? It, like all you do is if anybody shows weakness, you're just there to support it. And he doesn't even know what the hell to do. And, and Mantis, like, He's freaks stupid. out at him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And 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 Palm Clementive, too. You know, I, I she was phenomenal in this. But we'll talk about Mantis in a second. But within that moment, when everybody's fighting and Rocket is waking up and getting dressed and then kind of. We almost forget that Rocket is, like, awake mm-hmm. <laughs> because they're yelling so much. And then over the comms, it, it, you know, the whole, he's like, you know, the important thing is we're all okay. Mm-hmm. And Nebula's like, she's like, Rocket? Like, she, like, looks, like, to middle distance. And is like she's, like, like stunned to hear his voice. And just that moment from Karen Gillan, and, like, I talked about in the beginning when she's putting Quill to bed... I thought that that moment was fantastic as well. Uh, I I think she just really got to open up in this. And then at the end of the movie when she's dancing with everybody and, like, laughing, I was getting emotional with that too because, I mean, this this is a a girl who had everything stripped away. I mean, Gamora at least knows her culture and where Mm -hmm. she came from. 
Nebula, like she says at the end of the movie, she's like, I'm going to take care of nowhere and make it the home that I never even had, that I never mm -hmm. even knew. You know, Gamora at least knew where Thanos took her from. Nebula, she, she, her mind was wiped, her memories were wiped, her personality was destroyed by her father, of all people. Like, so to see that kind of full circle and to see Karen Gillan perform that full circle, mm -hmm. I thought was fantastic. At least you picked what, a nice what set of eyes, about? I guess, to replace her old ones. That is true. That is true. <laughs> that, that that joke, I think, still worked, in, even in the movie, after the trailer. It did. Even I think that everything trailer, that... I thought it, yeah. I thought it worked. Like um, I said, I was just gripped <clears throat> in the movie. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, I'm with you on Karen Gillan. You know, I thought she was fantastic. Uh, definitely had uh, the most to do uh, out mm -hmm. of any of the movies that she's been in previous. Well, I mean, obviously, yeah. like you said, Endgame. But, yeah, just kind of see her develop and open up a little bit more in this movie was was really nice to see. And I don't know how she, like, just does that. She's so good at that voice. I don't know. Like, that voice just never wavers. For, like, I feel like it's probably hard to keep talking in that same voice, like, consistently. But she, you know, she knocks it out of the park. It um, always bat. It's, I just forget that she not only has like a Scottish that. accent, but is, <laughs> yeah. like, pitching it down, like, right. five levels. Yeah. But, no, I thought, you know, Nebula was great. Uh, and like you said, that scene where they're all kind of in the in the big ship and they're all having mm -hmm. an argument and that stuff. I thought that was all great. Moving over to Mantis and 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 yeah. Drax, uh, you know, I I loved both of them again in the movie. For me, Drax was oh, don't do it to me. No, he was great. Like <laughs> David Batista is great. We've already established yeah. he's a good actor. 100%. And Drax was good. You know, he's the biggest comedic part of this group. And mm -hmm. for me, you know, not every – that, that was probably my other, like, kind of knock on this movie is not every single joke hit for me. And mm -hmm. it was probably, like – it was a pretty low batting average. My my favorite is a Drax one where it's not even, like, him saying anything. It's just when they land on uh, – what is it called? Ne Never Earth or uh, – Oh, Counter Earth? Counter Earth. And he gets out of the ship, and all the people are looking, or all the animal people are looking, and he takes the ball and just throws it at the girl, and the girl falls over and starts crying. I love they all like freak out. They go, yeah. oh! I, <laughs> I thought that was so funny. But oh, some dude, some of his, I gotta take a beat because yeah. some of his little moments for me, and I, I totally get it. If if it's not because he's he is the most humorous, and mm -hmm. he's a very particular kind of joke, yeah. like. Just some of the little, like when he, when you hear the guy on the motorcycle coming and Drax goes, and then he just like decks, he just clotheslines him. That guy's probably dead. Yeah. And then he gets on the bike and he just goes to Mantis. He goes, get on the bike. And she's like, no, we have to stay with the ship. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, we're going to, we're going to ride back to the ship. And she's like, just over there. Yeah. And he just goes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and she, then she gets on and he just takes off, yeah. and then like when they're all yelling at Orgo Corp, and she, I, I'm, I swear to you, both times I, I laughed, I burst out laughing when he goes when they when they're like all yelling at each other, and Gamora's like, "You put our spacesuits in the out the airlock," <laughs> and Drax goes, "Are we fake mad again, Mantis? You asshole!" <laughs> I was like, dying i yeah. literally was dying at that that was so that was so hilarious mantis you asshole or when he would call the kids hello moron 
I can't, like that was that was so can funny. You, can you explain to me though? Speaking of the kids, can you just explain how he he just he just like happens to be like, oh yeah, I know the language. It's like, why did you say that earlier? I think that's the idea. Is just that he they constantly undervalue him in Nebula enough, specifically. Yeah. I think that's the the. But then also, I actually have seen. A lot of cool stuff out there about uh, how Drax is might be you know neuro neurodivergent or on the spectrum or oh, something, and that geez. that that's kind of a whole other level right, yeah. of kind of you know he does have this innocence about him because he he may be on the spectrum in a character like that. I think that is so cool, and I also just love the message of this movie, which I think is why Dave Bautista, even though he has complained about this character. Uh, or just, you know, not complain, not in a Vin Diesel, you know, Dwayne Johnson type of mm. public complaining way, just kind of like has been like, well, you know, he's not, he doesn't do much destroying, does he? No. And to have that come full circle <laughs> yeah. in this last movie and have Nebula be the one who was, you know, yelling at him the whole movie going, you know, no, I need you here with me. Uh, because you know, you weren't born to destroy things. You were born to born be to a be. dad. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, God damn, James Gunn. I was like, oh, shit. Like, it was so... Every single character had a perfect bow tied on them at the end of this movie. Mantis is another one. I, I, How did you feel about Mantis in this one? I'll be honest. Her, like, so, her whole story kind of, like, escapes my mind. She was, again, she was great. Uh, mm-hmm. Acting was great. Acting was on point. It was just, like... There's so much going on that it's like I just forgot like what her yeah what her kind of and you know I I know that obviously she wants to go off on her own and find uh kind of just find herself I guess yeah for what I gather just because she was oh I know speaking of Mantis but my other big issue not big issue but my other issue with this movie and this goes back to the Christmas special why do they have to be siblings? It has no effect on any of this. I don't know. I th- I I like it though. I just feel like. But they like mention I like, it in this movie, and it's I, like okay, that's gonna come back around, right? And it never does, and it's like okay, well, why do we care? I mean, that is totally fair. <laughs> I I just I just looked at it as like. You you expect it to come back around, and right. so just the fact that it just doesn't. It's right. just part of who they are. I thought, and it does, but it does kind of inform their parting of the ways at the end, though, because he mm. he's doing the whole like, you know, or, or actually towards the sorry towards the middle of the movie, which again was a great joke of he's like, why would I want to go back to Earth? Everybody that there dies when they're like fifty, mm. and she's like, people die when they're fifty. <laughs> are you about to die? She's like, like, why she, even bother being born? <laughs> yeah, why <laughs> even bother being? That was so funny. Or like the her and Drax, the like, you didn't even ask me if I wanted a Zargna, and he's like, they're all gone. Absolutely, <laughs> that was so funny. Yeah. But yeah, even even like I said, Pom Clemente's more emotional moments in this movie. I think her biggest emotional moment with the whole, you know, blowing up right back at Nebula. Right. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. about calling Drax stupid, about saying like, well, you know, he he is stupid. But he's sweet and he cares and it's more than I can say for you. And like, you know, he's the only one of us that doesn't hate himself. And uh, just that that whole scene, I thought that she really, really carried it well for mm-hmm. somebody who I, I'm not going to say that, like, I didn't think that she was a good actress, but she was just somebody I had never seen before ever 
and Mantis was kind of a, a weird, she still is obviously, but like, it was just kind of this like addition in volume two that was just like, Mantis is here now. And you're and you're just kind of like, man, she is very like kooky and weird. And to take it from that to somebody who like genuinely has emotions and has value and values her own opinion about the team. She's like, I'm a valued member of this team. I get a voice. You know, it's not just Nebula deciding everything. And so I really I really like the back and forth kind of with all three of those together. But yeah, anything left on Mantis? And then the last thing I want to get before we go to the post credit. Uh, just real quick, what were your thoughts on the kind of nowhere Cosmo, uh, yeah, Craglin kind of talk about stuff? Uh, yeah, the the Craglin kind of uh, Michael Rooker that didn't really work for me. Uh, that whole thing with okay. Yondu, I don't know, it just didn't mm-hmm. didn't really connect. I I was a sucker for the good boy or good dog bad dog thing. I thought that was really, yeah, really that fun. was great. Yeah, <laughs> and then at the end the payoff, yeah, a dog, and right. he's like, yeah. A good dog. dog. And then she goes, <laughs> I was like, damn. But yeah, and, and I did like in the beginning too. Uh, and I actually had a thought because we know this movie is years delayed, so it's been written for years. And I saw a complaint that was like, it's it's three projects later and, and Craglin is still struggling with the arrow. I think what happened was this movie was written with him struggling with the arrow at the beginning of it and then mastering it by the end. And after this movie was written, Craglin was in three other things that I don't think they were planning on him being mm-hmm. in. So I think that's probably why he's been struggling with the Arrow for so long is because this movie was written well before the Christmas special, well before Thor, Love, and Thunder, you know, a, a bunch of his previous stuff. I, I, didn't, I don't really know if it was a t- – sorry, this isn't – I don't it, the whole like thing in Thor Love and Thunder where like Craglin keeps marrying people. I don't know why we had I don't know where I don't know why that was never addressed in this or anything, but yeah, I, I like that. But at the beginning when he was like trying to do the whistle and he whistles at Adam Warlock mm-hmm. and it just hits his cheek and he goes, Oh yeah. Who threw that at me? <laughs> Who threw that? It's <laughs> like that was that was so funny. Just like this uh. child. But yeah, I like that and I like I like Nowhere as their base and everything like that, too. But, yeah, so we end the movie, Rocket, alive again. Oh, sorry, real uh, quick. Uh, oh. Le- real quick question just before we get to the post-credits. How shocked were you that nobody was dead? After the fact, I, I feel like it's the only way that they could have gone. Yeah. During the movie, I was like, they, they kept teasing oh, wow, it. nobody died. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, Drax, well, point, Drax shot. shot. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Rocket at the beginning of the movie. Right, I mean, yeah. Jesus Christ. Homie got shot point blank with a laser beam to the yeah. chest. I was like, dude, that guy is dead. I was like, he is gone. But luckily not. Uh, but then let's uh, we kind of glossed over it. Uh, Peter is uh, three for three on uh, – turning into an icicle in space he's done it in every movie uh in this one i thought he was uh you know what would you do for a klondike bar i thought he was about to bust out of his wrapper for a second there he was starting to to puff up and everything and i know we talked about that a little bit earlier on on the adam warlock side of things but uh, i'm glad that that peter uh made it out Mm -hmm. uh although i i did i said on this show too i i did have a uh a worry that I think that I thought Peter could go just to be like 
the most emotional thing possible for this for this to do mm-hmm. is like Peter sacrificing his life for Rocket or something. But so, uh, did you just ask me a question? Uh, I oh, just about asked the you, about yeah. that nobody died. That's yeah. right. But yeah. So speaking of, nobody dies. Uh, not even the High Evolutionary. Although I do again, I like how brutalistic and just down to business. Uh, Chris, you know what? Let's let's just real quick. We're about to end here. Let's talk real quick here about the action. Okay. Because yeah. I, I I I thought it easily the best action of the trilogy. Mm-hmm. I think that hallway fight, the the no sleep till Brooklyn fight, was masterful. I mean, the fact that James Gunn has said that uh, basically no stunt doubles for the main actors made the final cut. Obviously, they use stunt doubles, but that most of that is them. Uh, and you can really tell that with uh, with Chris Pratt and and uh, uh, Gamora and Zoe Saldana. You can really tell that that is really them doing all that choreography. But yeah, I thought the action and even the stuff of the Orgo Corp with the kind of breakout, the kind of like break in and yeah. then subsequent breakout. Uh, I thought both sides of that were really, really good. And I thought all the action in the beginning with Adam Warlock was really, really good, too. But yeah, what did you just thoughts on yeah, the action uh, and everything and then we can move into post credit agree i think my favorite action scene was was in the end when they're in the the big ship uh mm-hmm. and that whole kind of slow motion slash gore by the way this movie's a little scary too we didn't touch on that when they peel off the high evolutionary's face uh, yeah a little scary mm-hmm. <laughs> but when you know there's somebody was the- like that's what red skull should have looked like if that's what Red Skull looked like in 2011, people would have ran for the hills. Like what? That is that is terrifying. Slashing aliens in the in the hallway. That yeah. slow motion. Those like kind of turning shots. You know, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. That that was all really cool. Oh, and the brutal the kill when he drops the guy to the earth. When he literally falls down and crushes the guy into the earth and then drowns him. Yeah. I was like, holy shit. And then there's, even in that scene with him and Groot, <laughs> there's a moment where Peter goes, he goes, kill them all. Like, and they're just like, I'm like, oh my God. Like, they were, they were just ready to, he was not messing around in this mm. movie, man. He was really not messing around. But uh, post credit scenes. First one. So first one, uh, we, got, uh, we got Rocket, the whole new lineup. Uh, so at the end of the movie, everybody goes their separate ways. Rocket decides to stay on. He stays on as the captain of the Guardians. So we get a Guardians team of uh, the girl, uh, who I believe is, uh, I think her name is Falavel. Mm-hmm. Uh, but she's basically in the vein of a, she's in the Captain Marvel, Marvel, Captain Marvel okay. universe. She's a Captain Marvel character mainly. Okay. But uh, she is now part of this team. Uh, we got Kraglin, we got Cosmo, we got Adam Warlock, we got Rocket, of course, and then uh, Groot. Uh, I don't think I left anybody out. Uh, oh, and then Cosmo. I don't know if I said Cosmo is also on the team. So, what were your thoughts on this? Just kind of this nice action scene showing Rocket as the leader, uh, and also within that, I liked that they were like, "All right, who's gonna do it?" And Kraglin. It shows so much character growth because Kraglin goes all right, I can do this by myself, like, just with the arrow. And then it shows character development on Rocket because Rocket goes, no, let's do it together. Mm-hmm. It'll be faster. But it's also, he shows that he's a good leader and everything like that. So what were your thoughts on this kind of new Guardians team? Uh, yeah, that was all interesting. In uh, 
I didn't know who that little that younger girl was, so thank you for filling me in. And we don't get a Guardians of the Galaxy will return at the end. So that not. leaves me to believe that it's kind of like a well, here's, you know, if we ever kind of go back to it, Revisit. what do we do? Yeah. You know, they're here, you know. I think um, we're going to see them. I would imagine pretty soon. Uh but yeah, I thought that was all really cool. Mm-hmm. And then obviously the second one we get is Peter going back home uh to Earth seeing his grandfather. Grandfather very happy to see him. Very happy. Mm-hmm. But you know, they're they're sitting at the sitting at the kitchen table, they're eating breakfast and some I I missed some conversation about somebody mowing the lawn or something, I don't know. And uh, then we get uh Peter Quill will, will return, which I was shocked. Excuse me. The legendary, legendary Star Lord will return. Which I was shocked. Yeah. Uh, I thought Chris Pratt was done after this. Were you were you as surprised or no? I I thought it was interesting that out of <clears throat> out of oh my god out of the entire cast, yeah, the three people that never said anything one way or another of this is my last one was Karen Gillan, Bradley Cooper, and Chris Pratt. Mm. Everybody else said this yeah, is my last done. one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, they. Everybody else said this was my life. Actually, Palm Clemente. I don't know if she said one way or another, but those three I know never said anything about it. So I was not surprised because I equally was not surprised when I thought he was about to die. I was like, oh, all right, he's really done. Like the yeah. his face is about to blow up. But uh, I equally was not surprised at this because you know, Star. It's Star Wars. I mean, he's a, he's a character outside of the Guardians. You know, he is bigger than that. Just like I think, you know, look at Rocket and Nebula in Endgame. They worked completely mm-hmm. away from the Guardians. They were just Avengers in that movie, and they were Earth-based and checking back in with Carol Danvers and mm-hmm. Rhodey and everybody. You know, I think I would love to see that uh, for Chris Pratt. You know, I would love – just let Star-Lord show up in, you know, Kang Dynasty, but not as – oh, we need to go get the Guardians, just, like, have it be, no, Star-Lord's just an Earth-based hero right now. You know, just like in the comics, you'd have Avengers go be on the Guardians, and you have Guardians mm-hmm. come to Earth and be on the Avengers. I, I think that's a great opportunity to do that now that you have him on Earth. Um, Maybe we see him in, like, Wonder Man, or maybe we see him in, like, She-Hulk Season 2 or something. You know, I don't know, anything like that. Uh, Secret Invasion. I don't know, maybe Chris Pratt's in that show that they filmed six months ago and just nobody knows about it but yeah i really really like that and and like i said it really did hit emotionally for me but what were your kind of thoughts when you saw you know not the guardians will return but that uh that the legendary star lord uh will Uh, and also just kind of circle back do you think that that core team of uh of guardians is going to return yeah i was surprised to see that he would come back just because i i honestly assumed that they were all done after gun Mm -hmm. was gone uh so to see that he, you know, there's a possibility of him coming back. That's interesting. You know, I wonder where he'll show up or where he fits into the, in the universe going forward. Uh, but I do think that we will see a return of the current kind of new band of characters uh, at some point. I don't know if it'll be like mm-hmm. the movie. Uh, yeah. Cause you know, I feel like you kind of have to build up, like obviously you have Groot and Rocket, uh, but just like kind of, all of them together, you have to build up that kind of, uh, what's the word? 
camaraderie, camaraderie or you know like connection. chemistry but yeah connection between all yeah. of them to make like a full movie maybe so maybe you mm-hmm. see them show up in a, a show or a movie like a different movie or something somebody said uh i think it was uh not new rock stars i think it was so screen crush they put out a theory video that was like maybe we could see uh you know when everybody else is dealing with all this multiverse stuff uh maybe we could see like a cosmic kind of saga playing out at the same time and Mm -hmm. rather than making a guardians 4 you could make a movie called like annihilation or something and have like rocket be one of the main characters but it's not necessarily a guardians movie right so kind of like what you were saying i think i could see that happening very easily that they're like hey bradley cooper is gonna be the lead in this film but it's not a guardians movie and it's not a rocket movie it's it's just kind of a movie about the cosmic side of the marvel universe and i think you could you know whatever you call that you could just call it something totally different too but I think they'll definitely be back, but but what what were your kind of last thing? What are your kind of hopes to see for Star Lord being on Earth? Uh, I guess to kind of would you say he's probably he has to assimilate to life on Earth at this point? I would say so, yeah. Because I mean, it, it's <laughs> when was yeah, he... I mean, he didn't even know how to drive a car, right? <laughs> so I would be very interested to see that. I don't know how that works in a movie or anything like that, but uh, maybe build relationships, you know, find somebody new on Earth. You know, yeah. I, I, maybe he won't ever because, you know, that was, you know, Gamora was the love of his, love of his life, obviously. But, mm. you know, maybe he see him build new relationships. That's probably what I would like to see. I, again, I don't know how you fit that into anything, but. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> I would love to see a Star-Lord and, and Winter Soldier team up. Mm. Yeah, I just, I don't know, man. I, I think a, a, a way that you could, I think, I think the MCU needs to get away sometimes from these big, of having to eventize everything and just make like an Iron Man 2. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, just make like a special, a, <clears throat> a Disney Plus special presentation. And you're like, that's a goofy idea. But like, just have it be a Star-Lord and, and Winter Soldier team up. And just be like, these were the two guys that the Avengers had available for this mission. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, something like that. I, I would love to see something like that from him. I just hope that wherever we see any of these characters that... And I don't know if it's even possible. But I just hope that they would be written with the same care yeah. that James Gunn wrote them. Mm-hmm. Which, like I said, do I think that's really possible? I really don't think that's possible. I don't think that... A lot of these characters, I don't think, will be written this well the next time we see them. But I could be totally wrong on that. Anything else on Guardians? Nope, that's it. All right. That will do it for our entire spoiler discussion on Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. Let us know in the comments down below what you thought of the movie. Thank you guys so much for joining us on this video. We'll catch you in the next one. All right. So, thank you guys for joining us on this episode of PFN Live. TJ, last thing I need to get your thoughts on that I just saw is I have been tapped out of the internet. Because of the writer's strike, uh, it looks like Daredevil production has been shut down indefinitely. What are your thoughts? I mean, this show, we already know that this was going to be like a 9-10 month shoot. Uh, They're not even halfway into it, and now it's shut down. So, Uh, what do you think? Big delay here. My thought is, give the writers what they deserve. Boom. No AI. Did no you see, AI is real good quick, AI. Since you're back on Twitter, did you see my DM? No, I did not. Oh, go, what was go it? look at it real quick. 
Okay. I thought it was funny. Right now, like right yeah, now. Just go look at it. It's funny. You might have seen it too because it's a uh, it's it it includes a. Uh, uh, this is you're on the wrong account. Oh shit! Or if you're not logged in, then just look on your phone or whatever. Oh, okay, yeah, I'll look at it. I'll look All at right. it in a second. Um, but yeah, I mean, <clears throat> I think unfortunate uh, about the Daredevil thing, but I think a lot of things are gonna bounce back. Hopefully, yeah. once the writer strike is over. But you know, a friend of mine brought up a great point. We were talking about. You know, what are they going to do with all the... Why do they shoot Echo? Why do they shoot Agatha? It's all just sitting on a shelf. Shelf content is exactly what you need during a writer's strike. Mm. You know, you know, Daredevil's got to be delayed, but hey, we have that Echo series just sitting there with Daredevil in it. But yeah. So, guys, let us know what you thought about everything we talked about down below. Thank you guys so much for joining us. Just going to wrap it up here. My name is Sean Monk. I've been one of your hosts. I'm another host, TJ Cornwell. Thank you for watching. Let us know what you thought about any of the topics in the comments below. Uh, like, comment, subscribe. Follow us on Twitter, TikTok, Instagram. We will see you next time. Boom.